0: AV Nation is brought to you by Sure, because every voice matters. AV to me is a little like the mafia. It always pulls us back in.
1: Oh, 100%.
0: Right? Because you see people and they, they leave us and then we're heartbroken. And, you know, nine times out of ten, knock wood, they do come back.
1: Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Why are so many AV companies laying off folks and the future and use case of transparent LEDs, all that and more, next on AV Week. This is AV Week, episode 652, recorded Friday, February 16th, 2024. Transparent micro LEDs. This is AV Week, the weekly wrap-up of the biggest AV news and information that we have gathered. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host with us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week. First and foremost, Adeline Tatum from USC. How are you, ma'am?
2: Hi, everyone. I am doing well, thank you. My name is Adeline Tatum,
1: USC. Uh, also with us is Garth Loven, a young man I got to hang out with in Barcelona from Adelona. Welcome, sir. Hey, Tim. Hello, everybody. Uh, and last but not least, Michelle Lorette from View Sonic in the great state of Texas. Welcome, him. Howdy, y'all. Howdy, y'all. Uh, really quickly, before we get into the stories, um, Mitchell, our fantastic producer and all-around good editor, just posted uh, where we recorded this on Friday. Just posted the Aviation uh, Reader's Choice Awards uh, results. Those are live. Uh, I'll say this again. Congratulations to all of the winners except for Chris Neto. Uh, First story, layoffs in the AV industry. Holy crap, everybody's losing their job. Zoom is set to lay off around 150 employees globally, including members of its diversity, equity, and inclusion their DEI team. The cuts come as technology companies pare back hiring and spending in the face of economic uncertainty. I'm going to put quotes around that economic uncertainty, and we'll get back to a reason why in a second. Zoom uh, said that while it, is, it was restructuring some areas, it remained committed to DEI principles being, quote, unquote, firmly rooted in the company's cultures. This news follows similar work, workforce reductions at Meta, Google, Amazon, and Twitter. Cisco has also announced a reduction eliminating 5% of their workforce, amounting to 4,000 jobs. I don't care if it's 4,000 or it's 5%. Both of those numbers are significant. Now, yes, there are 4,000 individuals and families that are going to be significantly negatively impacted on this, right? And I do feel sorry for those. And if you're one of those folks, reach out. We all got networks. Use your network. Use this network, yo. Seriously, guys, um, in January, Dan Feldstein, CEO of Crestron stated that their company had gone through a reduction that impacted, quote unquote, a small portion of over their overall staff. Feldstein did not say um, in the commercial integrator article what the percentage was, nor did he give a number. This is an overarching question. Over the last three or four months, there have been a reduction in workforce, which is a fancy way of saying people are losing their jobs. Adeline, I'm going to s- ask, start with you on this. Generically, what is going on in the industry, in IT, in AV, and in technology that is causing this reduction and making companies freak out to the point to, that they're saying, we need to start you know, reducing overhead and the easiest way for them to do it, it seems, is reducing headcount.
2: That's a great question. Um, I personally think that industries need to do much a deeper dive into how they do their interviewing process, how they hire, um, because sometimes it feels as though you hire people based on who you know um, or their educational background. But there are people that are experienced uh, or teachable Like in AV, when we hire, for example, our student workers, we let them know, yeah, you don't have to be a computer science major. We can teach you what we need you to learn in the technical part. We need you to be a customer-friendly individual. You need to have that PR skill. So I think that um, companies need to really evaluate their own bylaws And their own hiring processes so that they can ensure that they're being fair professional but at the same time not hiring people and then letting them go because our economy seems to be getting better and then you the top companies are letting go of people and then you know I am a DEI queen um hello why are you picking on my people like because the whole um, Floyd, George Floyd situation seems to be dying down, now it's okay for you to go back to your old ways. No, it's not. And I must say, Elon Musk quoted it well. Discrimination needs to die. Treat people fairly. If they're as qualified as anyone else in this or, or you could teach them, be that leader to teach because they mightn't be qualified either, but people are teachable. You have to give them a chance.
1: Uh it, This may be the first time that anybody has ever quoted Elon Musk at a line. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Gara, same question. What the heck's going on?
3: Well, you know, we've got an interesting backdrop going on here. If we look at the overall tech sector from 2022 to 2023, we've lost four thousand four hundred thousand jobs and 34 thousand jobs we've lost this year with the Cisco numbers that you reported earlier. When you look at this in terms of the entire U.S. economy, in a marketplace report I was listening to last night, they were talking about this being a drop in the bucket for our overall economy. That's scary when you think about that, but our economy is very large. The number of people that we employ in the United States is quite large. So for us in the tech sector, seeing such large numbers is pretty alarming. And they're also at what we want to call these aspirational companies. You mentioned it, your Cisco's, your Zoom's, your Microsoft, even the mighty Crestron, right? Having a reduction in force. So a couple of things going on here. When you look at, first of all, we had a lot of people employed over the COVID era to deal with business that we were doing in that manner and the people that we brought in at that time to do business in that manner. We now have to get to a point where we have to sort of right-size our companies for the profit levels that we want to be at for the type of business that we're doing. Consumers have been keeping the products purchased. They've been keeping the Amazons going. They've been keeping the economy going. All the consumers who aren't reading the newspaper every day saying a recession is about to happen, they're the ones who've been keeping the economy going. But at the same time, we're now all seeing our grocery bills much higher, and that's hitting us at the retail level. And all of us are nodding right now because we're all feeling that. Well, it's happening at the company level too. It's finally getting to the point where the suppliers, the manufacturers are having to deal with the fact Products are still hard to get and they're pricier to get. And we have to invest a lot of money in our technologies to get the next generation of products out. What is concerning, however, is the number of DEI jobs that seem to be going. That's happening also across a broader business backdrop, right? So companies like Zoom, they invested in DEI, as you reported, hmm. as a result of the whole George F- George Floyd debacle, right? We have to start doing a better job in being diverse and inclusionary. So when you look at Zoom, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they've not really said anything more than what we've seen in the Bloomberg report that we are going to be committed to this, but we're going to, now that we've got it to a certain point, we're now going to be using an outside force to do it or an outside company to do it. We have to take that at face value. What does that mean? Have they gotten that ball rolling? The ball's rolling, and now they're going to use an outside agency. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because like Panduit, my parent company, it is ingrained in our culture, our DEI, and all of our other programs that we have in place from Empowering Women's Success to the... uh, uh, programs that we have called Mosaic, where we have different cultures and races coming together and talking about this, and the mentoring programs that we have. So if I take a look at what I know, my company, we're still committed to it. We're still moving forward to it. Maybe Zoom has found a way. All right, we've got to the point. It's all part of what we talk about. Let's get this outside firm who's better at doing this, moving it forward. I'm a hopeful guy, and I'm hoping that's what they're doing. And it's not a broader DEI must die from Musk. I mean, that's just that just needs to go away. That mindset just needs to go away.
1: Yeah, it, it goes back to the 80s where, you know, and I, I, I'll I, just use the quote, it, it's from Reagan, you know, trust but verify, right? You trust them going into this, but you got to, you know, folks like me have got to verify it every six, nine, 12 months. Yeah. Yeah. Michelle, uh, I'm going to turn the corner here a little bit. Um, enough about doom and gloom and everybody losing their job. If you were talking to one of these folks, one of the, these thousands of folks that, that, are, that are now looking for their next opportunity, where are the best opportunities to look for in, in AV or in technology?
0: Um, well, thank you, Tim. I appreciate that. I'd, I'd like to go on the permanent record that I really like your haircut, by the way. You look very handsome. <laughs> if you're, you if you're not
1: watching lines. the video, right, uh, yeah. I, I did cut um, a couple of my long hairs.
0: Yes, yes. Lots of love, Tim. Yeah, Locks there we of go. Um, you know, it, it's interesting. I um, The company I work for is the largest minority-owned Display large display manufacturer in the country, so we're kind of an American, you know, immigrant success story. Um, and I, I do find it interesting. Even my own company um, did layoffs in the beginning of 2023. Okay. Um, I think that was more because they're a California based company. And when you see Fang laying off, I think they were a little bit more sensitive because it seems more doomy and gloomy when it's a lot of big, these big, large enterprise customers that are, are doing those layoffs. Um, but I got hired in July of 2023. So, you know, they, they went, oh, maybe it's not so bad. And I listen to Planet Money and I like the jobs report. I get excited when I hear the horn and, and the earning reports, you know. I, I think it's because we're in a, uh, an election year. Every four years, I complain about it being an election year, and I'm like, why is it always like this in an election year, right? Um, it's crazy. I am a former recruiter, so before I got into the uh, low-voltage world, and I've sold Panduit before, Garth. Uh, I was in structured cabling go layer one uh, before I went to what they call the dark side. I call the bright side of blinky lights. I love me some active electronics. Um, And, you know, I've been a little shocked, dismayed, disappointed to see all the layoffs starting towards the end uh, as I was getting my new job, right, um, of last year. Companies literally going, we're just going to cut out all of the central U.S. team. And I'm like, why? You've got a great product. Uh, You've got great people that I've worked with at other organizations. You know, why is this chief revenue officer, which is really a four-letter word, you know, deciding this? Well, they don't come from ProAV. You know, I will say that, you know, yes, Q4 was a little soft because we are looking at, you know, certain economic things. Education has very consistent buying cycles. But to your question, in the longest, most roundabout rambling way.
1: Oh, you're Um, not the longest Bradford. Ben isn't even here. So you're, 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 I
0: miss Bradford. Ah, I have to go back and listen to an old episode. Um, but you know, you never know where that next opportunity is going to come from. Most of us fell into AV. I was, I wasn't looking for an AV job when I found one. Um, and I think it's really just being open-minded. A lot of people, you know, I think, you know, Tell the world. I talk to people all the time like, hey, I don't work at Best Buy. I don't really sell monitors, although I'm telling my AV, you know, uh, integrators, you can. You have access to them along with the interactive flat panels and the LED walls and everything. You know, nothing wrong with a 3,000-unit, you know, bulk buy of monitors. Um, You know, I think it's a networking thing. Um, I think you really need to be open-minded. And I've seen people – I don't know. AV to me is a little like the mafia. It always pulls us back
1: in. Oh, hundred percent.
0: Right. Cause you see people and they, they leave us and then we're heartbroken and we, we tweet about it on X formerly known as Twitter. And, you know, and we keep them in tweet storms just to make sure they remember to hate us. Um, but how much fun we can be. And, you know, nine times out of 10 knock wood, they do come back. Um, but I think it's just knowing that there's a place for everybody. There's jobs you don't know exist. If you like high stress and you like real time, you know, you came from the data center world and you're used to seven nines of uptime. Great. Um, Go do live events. It's a very similar rush, right, of that mission critical, it got to go live, got to work right now. You know, if, if you like blinky lights, if you like electronics, if you grew up with a Walkman in the 80s, whatever the case may be, right, if you're a great marketer like Garth, great, come market AV. Come learn what we do. If you're in the education space, right, you know, I mean, classrooms don't exist without our technology, right? You know, uh, content is always king, whether it comes to marketing, whether it comes to educating. Right. Whether it comes to spreading the word. But, um, you know, I I just think everybody needs to keep an open mind and always look to what Adeline said earlier. Um, Nobody's going to necessarily come with an AV pedigree right on their resume. Look at skills that apply to that. And I I often look at people's resumes and I redo them. I usually use a, a template based uh, where you can subscribe to get b- even better templates uh, called Novo Resume, N-O-V-O, Resume. And I take what we all had or have, and some, many still do, it's the, you know, you're vomiting your life experience oh, yeah. on your job onto a page, which is how we did it for decades, all right? Um, now – we just need to look at high high level they're all going to go to your linkedin profile do your deep dive there right give people bullets stick it on one page we don't need to know where you went to high school we don't know what you did 20 years ago great that you were president of Kiwanets, michelle not relevant when i interviewed for a position with atlona uh, as a kramer employee what uh, it was funny one of the things they brought up they said Oh, well, you don't have on your resume that you were the commercial integrator fantasy football champion in 2019. I immediately went back to my resume and added it. I still didn't get the job. I gave Jamie a hard time about that. But I was like, oh, yeah, that's cool, and it's fun, and it's quirky, and it's unique. It was a rookie accident. I'm not great at fantasy football. I had my husband pick my team. And I, I, I,
1: I will really quickly do not – you don't necessarily need your fantasy football stats um, unless you're from Texas.
0: <laughs> I just put that I was the champion. Craig McCormick did not give me an award. I'm still bitter. Well, but we'll have on.
1: to talk to him. Uh, really quickly, and, and we're going to get on to our second story here in a second, but I, I want to point out something here, and this is 100% Tim, right? This, this is not – it's one of those disclaimers. This does not reflect the views of AV Nation nor, nor our, our owner's CTI. Um, economic uncertainty, and I'm going to take 60 seconds here, Mitchell. Economic uncertainty, that, that's what a lot of these folks are pointing to, and I call BS. And here's the reason I call BS, because a lot of these manufacturers, and I'm not going to call them, a lot of these manufacturers, they set budgets every year, and they set goals every year, Right. And their goals every year is based on the previous year's performance. And these folks have had 40 50% growth year over year. And so now they're suddenly looking down at their spreadsheets going, oh, wait, well, we didn't grow 50%. And so we're not going to make our target. Well, no kidding, you're not going to make your target because your target's BS. And so because they're not making their target, they're laying people off. There's your economic uncertainty. That's Tim's opinion. You can yell at me about it later. So I don't know if it's, accurate. totally that, agree that that's my <laughs> two cents. All right.
2: This is Aaron Marmoran of EdTech. The world of higher ed AV is growing rapidly. That's why each month we hear from the best and brightest from colleges and universities all over the U S check out EdTech on avnation.tv or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
1: All right. Second story. And, and it's going to be our last one, but it's, it's a fun one. Uh Samsung has taken off the wraps of a pioneering new television feature uh, featuring a transparent display screen. The South Korean tech giant debuted a working prototype of what it calls a quote-unquote transparent micro LED at ISE 2024. I have learned an awful lot about, about micro, uh, micro LEDs in the last month. You need to learn more about these kids. Uh, it's using a micro LED display system with extremely small light-emitting diode chips to create crystal-clear quote, unquote, see-through visuals. Micro LED is regarded as a potential successor to current display standards as it does not require backlight and offer true blacks and vivid colors. Now, tech giants like Sony and LG have actually already previously exhibited transparent screen prototypes. Patrick Norton and I saw a number of them at CES this year in in Vegas and incredibly impressive, which leads me to my first question. Garth, I love these things. They're gorgeous. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. What's the use case? Well, first of all, it's a really cool technology, right? So we've seen that they debuted it at CES. And when you talk to or hear Andrew Douglas, their product manager for uh, LEDs, talk about an interview that he did with uh, Midwich. Yeah, it's a prototype. It's not on the roadmap. They're exploring it. But what's really cool about it, Tim, and you kind of tip the, hit the tip of the iceberg there, this is based on the wall technology, yep. right? And we've all seen that. We saw that beautiful implementation there at the show, and it shows past. So what's also cool about it, by the way, is that it's LED technology, and it allows it to be brighter than the current OLED strategy that we have seen other people do with their transparent displays. Yep. That is the cool part. Brighter, and you already mentioned the whites and the blacks. Yes. So applications. Now, just off the top of my head, when I saw that, as you did, you probably saw it with the fishbowl concept. Yep. Right.
1: So, so, so basically, what Martha's saying here is, is there was a solid back behind it, and the transparent was in front of it, creating almost like a three dimensional
3: um, image. Right. So the practical implementations of this are two. So as a marketing guy, I see this as an opportunity for retail opportunities. If they can get this to the point where it's durable and reliable and can handle bright sunshine for multiple hours a day, I'm seeing this as something that you could put in front of a display case when you get past the Macy's, when you get past the big department stores. Now you can have information in the foreground grabbing attention and then either the mannequin or the still frame image behind it showing this in situ, which would be cool. That's one application. The other thing I was thinking about, and I'm going to go back to the fish tank example. Let's imagine you are in a hospitality environment. Let's take a restaurant environment. Now, I have kids so that I grew up taking my kids to this place called the Rainforest Cafe. And one of the hallmarks of this was this ginormous fish tank that spanned the area in which you went into the dining experience. Yep. Those are expensive. They take a lot of maintenance. They take a lot of time. There's a lot of expense in keeping that. And then you got these the fish in there, right? Imagine a scenario where you didn't have to worry about these things leaking, cracking, getting broken, and you could have a fish tank experience simulated by these tiles. Our friends at Samsung also do these massive displays, and we were going to talk about them in other applications like sporting events. But imagine you take the wall concept, but now it's transparent, and you could have a fish tank experience in your restaurant, or imagine a hotel lobby where you could have other still life. A lot of hotel lobbies kind of give you this aspirational feel when you walk in there, beautiful trees and vistas of beaches and everything else. What if that was now a see-through partition that divided the lobby from the restaurant, but gave you something to look at? Maybe it's rustling palm trees or bamboo and you're thinking i want to dine over there and then boom all of a sudden there's your graphics to tell you what's available for the rest of the day i see this as a display opportunity that creates attention and creates interest for the lobbies and venues that it's placed in all right
1: michelle same kind of questions what uh, help me help me help help me help myself i guess because i want these suckers and i want to see them everywhere um what, what is the use case here
0: well, he's right. Uh, marketing and retail
1: yeah. is really
0: the use case. You know, I repped LG when they came out with their transparent OLED. Uh, Planar has a white labeled version of the same thing. But the problem was, we never wanted someone to demo it. Like, I actively, I mean, I had to argue with the integrator, not argue, strongly suggest um, that you don't want. <laughs> For Yeti, their customer was Yeti, and they're really nice people. They were actually a marketing company that does AV because everybody gets into AV a different way. Um, And I'm like, okay, well, here's the problem. It's very expensive to demo. It breaks very easily, and this was transparent OLED, right? Um, Also, it's organic, so we we don't call it burn-in anymore. We've grown up to uh, image retention. Uh, So you can't have a static image It's never as vibrant as actual LED, LED, no matter what anybody says. Um, With that said, though, I will say, you know, my buddy Jack Wilshire, um, he is the American representative, has his own company for Next Novo, and they have a transparent LED. I had first repped it for LG. You could put it on like those glass walls for conference rooms that go to the hallway and do cool stuff. Theirs was christmas light technology, so if one burned out, a whole string would burn out. Next Novo doesn't have that issue. I've seen it in clear escalator walls, uh, the sliding doors going into a retail store. Um, So there are a lot of fun opportunities. I don't know if the actual display – because also, I don't know, they – I know because people my integrators have asked me you know the tough questions you know what happens if a kid bumps into that LED wall and I'm like I don't know I don't have children I don't bring my dogs to retail stores how would I know Um, let me ask the manufacturer now I'm with the manufacturer and we do do you know direct view LED but we don't do fun stuff like the transparent Um, but yeah uh, Garth was the perfect person to kick that off with because it's marketing 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 and he's 100% right it's uh, it's retail but everything is retail right the gas pump some of us have seen this you know we're getting marketed to i'm like oh okay. all of us
1: have and i right? can't figure out how to turn them off
0: no and i know annoying. yeah so it's annoying yep, Garth, Garth for the win
1: <laughs> all right <laughs> yes. Adeline, you'll, you'll wrap us up here where where do we see this in the real world
0: in the real
2: world i can see it um for example in our digital space for esport yep I think that could be really good. It could be a real, really attractive way to go to get people into the space. Um, um, under education, because I'm an education queen. <laughs> I can see it as something we will use to encourage students to learn. Like you could put it in front areas so that they would want to go into that space and see what's going on. So that would be like a way of pulling them in. So that's how I could see it. All
1: right, that'll be a good place to stop. I, for for me, for my two cents, I agree with Garth. When I when I saw this at at, at ISC or at CD, CES, I have been to way too many shows already, and it's only February. Um, that was Macy's was exactly what I thought of. Right, Macy's at Christmas time. Right here in in St. Louis, we had a store called Famous and Bar, which was downtown. It has since been bought by Macy's, so it's all Macy's. Um, but it's the same concept, right? We, you've got these gorgeous street level. Displays that can be changed at the drop of a hat, or even you know they can be changed on a timer. You can even schedule them, right? Uh, so that that is certainly one of the areas. The other area I was I was actually also considering was a different version of education, Adeline, and and that is the you guys have seen these explainer videos where the instructor has a a pane of glass in front of them and they have these oh, yes. these paint markers. Imagine mm-hmm. if that paint pane of glass was actually a transparent display
2: so you've got
1: moving video and they can write on it at the same time that just takes education and and learning
3: up to another level so one more example like that tim how about tactical yeah if you can write on a transparent led And it can constantly change its surface. Why not have Mm. a tactical display where you have an up-to-the-moment either satellite image or Mm. some other thing? We've seen it in the movies. We've seen it in Star Wars. They're sitting there mapping out, you know, where the attack is coming from. What if that was robust enough not that you could just touch it and make it safe for kids and dogs not to hit it but also safe enough and hardened enough to write on it there's your tactical display right there yeah. so education and military there's good you know there's good, good possibilities good there that. too.
0: Mimo monitors partnered with another company to come up with a haptic display that I could not stop talking about because when you could feel it and you could hear it. So imagine, you know, you've got a, a knob because we're, we're all analog folk, right? Um, the decision makers, I will call us instead of the old folk. Uh, so if you can turn that virtual knob and it go click, 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 and you feel the click, 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 click oh, or oh. the slider, right? That's or cool. oh, this is rough and then, yeah it was a software company that they partnered with and that was at isc gosh tim i saw you there the amsterdam what was it last year 2019
1: 2020 was the last year so it may have been 2019. okay
0: so um yeah so maybe it was 20 yeah, yeah it was 2020 actually and yeah that was just incredible yeah. uh love it so yeah I think that would be
1: cool, Garth. All right. This will be worth worth watching. Y'all, thanks so much. Uh, Adeline Tatum, how do people connect with you or USC?
2: Y'all can connect with me at tatum A at usc.edu or on LinkedIn. Adeline Tatum.
1: All right. Mr. Lobin, sir, how do people connect with you or
3: at Lona, you can get a hold of me at Garth.Lobin at at Lona.com. Also on LinkedIn and X and all of your other favorite social media, except uh, TikTok. Not there yet.
1: Oh, come on, Garth. <laughs> I'm even on TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ms. Lorette, how do people connect with you or ViewSonic?
0: They can contact me, Michelle.Lorette at ViewSonic.com. I am on LinkedIn. Um, X, formerly known as Twitter, because I insist on always saying that, Uh, used to be vacation until that, and my Instagram got stolen, so I am at mostly AV, my current. Defunct podcast.
1: All right, very yes,
0: good. At MostlyAV.
1: mostly AV. Mostly A V. All right. For us, for for, for me to pretend all right. Don't follow me anywhere. It's not very interesting. Uh, but go by the website if you would, please, Aviation. bears. That's a- go bears at Aviation.tv. <laughs> uh, you'll find this program and a host of others, uh, including a number. Mitchell's been very busy this week. He has a new architect podcast coming down the pipeline. He has a new women in A V. He has ed tech. He's got state of control. He's been very busy. Uh, so check all of those out. Also, as I mentioned at the top of the of this show, our 2023 Aviation Readers' Choice Awards. Quite frankly, y'all y'all y- y- threw me for a loop because we've had we had more votes on this at over 140,000 votes uh, over the course of the month. I was floored. So thank you, uh, first of all, for voting that much. Uh, that is up now. Congratulations to all of our winners. Everyone except for Chris Neto, who is the Aviation um, Avi Professional of the Year. Tongue, tongue firmly in cheek. I love that boy. So seriously, congratulations to him too. So thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. Uh, and go by the website, avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. That's all the time we have for AV Week.
2: The network for the AV industry.
3: What are you listening to? This.
2: This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation.